the ones and twos. Two. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. Hey! Welcome on in, everybody. Everybody out there entangled in your interwebs. This is the NBA trade deadline wrap-up show, CSG style. Ross, hipsters, glasses, Martin, out on assignment. Send him to Sacramento to cover that Nuggets game tonight. Making his way all the way down here from Thornton, though. We got the king himself, Jeff Morton. What is up, everybody? Yeah. The trade deadline. Moving and grooving. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Everyone loves the trade deadline. Man. Everybody Everyone loves, loves it. Yeah, it's so nice. So many moves, so many deals. Plethora of moves. Plethora. How would you wrap up? How would you wrap up this trade deadline in a in a single sound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the NBA blew its wad a little early. They did. Yeah. DeMarcus Cousins, Mason Plumley, Serge Ibaka. All done. All done before today. Like last week. So, I mean, we're basically we made it through, though, people. We, we made did. it through. We did, and I'm I'm sure there's a series of Nuggets fans who are would like to uh, hear our thoughts on things. <laughs> yes, the uh, the biggest deal of the day probably goes to the Dallas Mavericks acquiring Nerlens Noel for the price of Andrew Bogut, Justin Anderson. And a first round pick that is protected one to eighteen and becomes I think two first two second rounders if it doesn't convey this year. Which it won't because Dallas is not it's the, not gonna be not gonna be above eighteen. Well interesting because it the, the Gallus is Gallus. Gallus. Gallus Gavricks um are is basically counting on Noel uh wanting to resign. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, they got Harrison Barnes there. You got Dirk in his twilight, right? Yeah. I mean, it's they're, gonna have a, they're probably going to have a good draft pick. I don't know if this is this is not going to push Dallas into a playoff race with the Pelicans so. and the Nuggets. I don't think so. I, mean, I like Nerlens, yeah. but he's not going to come in suddenly. You know, you're going to be better, but it's going to take a little more time than say a, a Boogie Cousins or a Mason Plumley who have a little well, more. I mean, Nerlens Noel is not is a good piece, but he's not a needle shifter. I mean, he's he's just young still too, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Nerlens two years from now could be a monster. So I mean, if you would have asked this, what he's already good, but was it 2013? If you would ask this, it would have been a different scenario, probably. But um, now, I mean, he's improved a lot of aspects of his game. So yeah, it's a good thing, but it's not it's it's not a an acquisition that's going to take you from evolve you into a different place. It's just a good piece for for that team. Yeah, the other big deal today, the Bulls pulled off a big trade. Big. Doug McDermott, Taj Gibson. Former Nuggets draft pick. Heading to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Cameron Payne and another former Nugget, Joffrey Laverne, who is going to be now with his third NBA team. The well-traveled Joffrey Laverne. Suddenly he's getting moved <laughs> around. Uh, uh, what do you think of that one? 
that deal, I, I actually like it for OKC. I like Taj Gibson. You know, he's uh, kind of your classic power forward in the Horace Grant type of mold where he can hit a jumper for you, play some solid defense, rebound a little bit. Is this a hedge on losing Roberson? Taj is kind of like uh, Darrell Arthur as well. Yeah. In a little bit. Yeah. Not as much range as DA. Not as much range and more of a bruiser than, than DA. Um, do you think the McDermott signing is a uh, kind of a hedge on Roberson? Playing the same position, but more of a shooter? Yeah, we saw, I think it was, I think Wojanowski, one of the major guys, uh, had tweeted out that Oklahoma City was trying to gauge uh, maybe what a, what a contract for Roberson might look like when, yeah. once he's a, a free agent this summer. Is he restricted? He's restricted, yeah. Uh, and, and, and honestly, you know, I, I thought maybe Roberson could have been a target for Denver when, when you started thinking that maybe Wilson Chandler uh, obviously peculiar their interest to some degree, I'm sure. Uh, and you start thinking again. It's one of those trades, though, where I think if OKC trades Roberson for Chandler straight up, it's like, well, that kind of defeats the purpose of adding Chandler. Well, I think I, from what I saw yesterday, it was uh, someone tweeted it out that the the, the holdup was they couldn't find a location for Cameron Payne uh, in any sort of Nuggets uh, trade scenario with OKC. I guess they didn't want Cameron Payne, so. I mean, that who knows if that's accurate or not? I mean, it looks like he could have shipped him to the Bulls. You, yeah, <laughs> it looks like it. I mean, a, a bit, I mean, it looks like another small move, and I don't know. I mean, well, okay, you, you what does it mean for Chicago? I, I thought the funny thing was is you know we we started hearing when Nick Friedel, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name, was on Zach Lowe's podcast, yeah, and he started talking about how Jimmy Butler. One of the guys that perhaps him and Wade were, I don't know about Wade, but one of the guys that Butler apparently was a little irked by uh, the work ethic and the intensity was Doug McDermott. Interesting. So to me, you know, the Bulls moving off of McDermott now, who is, you know, came into the league with Gary Harris and Yusuf Nurkic trade, uh, the Bulls moving off of him, is it a signal that they're trying to rekindle the romance with their own guy, Jimmy Butler? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, the, 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 I don't know how... I, li- I like the fact that Taj is finally traded, because he's been, he's been like with the Bulls the, too long. But he's been on the market for On the ever. market, yeah. Another, one of those Iguodala-type guys. Another, another Chandler, another Gallo. Basically. I mean, he's, I mean, he's it's just like, kind of like those other guys. He's not going to be a guy who's going to move the needle, but he's going to be a nice piece. I mean, that's, I think, I think in, outside of the big trade, the Cousins trade, the story of this of this deadline is guys who are just pieces. And don't forget the Nuggets also made a trade today as well. Uh, they picked up uh, a former, I guess you could say now former Indiana Pacers star player from yeah. 2012, Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert. They got him from the Bucks for a heavily protected second rounder that is protected, uh, I think, up to 55. Yeah. So if it falls between 56 and 60, it could go to uh, the Bucks, But... I think, and I saw somebody ask uh, Dempsey on Twitter, that pick may just dissolve if it doesn't convey this year. Yeah. So it may just be, you know, Hibbert makes $5 million. They get a little bit closer. I think they're now within $2 million or so of the salary cap floor. Um, I saw both Dempsey and Harrison Wynn both had tweeted out that they had thought that this move was, uh, and Dempsey said it from the team perspective that, you know, if they have these matchups with the Pelicans, that Hibbert is a guy that you know is a little insurance policy in case your big guys start getting in foul trouble. I, I, you don't want to see Hibbert get off the bench unless the Nuggets are up forty on somebody. Ideally, or down no. forty. 
Ideally, no. I mean, it's uh, Roy Hibbert's effectiveness ceased being there since what, 2014. That was basically his last effective year, yeah. and it's just been sad since then because the only way he was able to be used was on a very slow, plodding, He's the, defensive uh, organ- or- oriented um, Pacers team. He's uh, from the, the what the father of verticality. Yes. <laughs> and and now with with pace and space taking over the league, it's, it's, that kind of big is not valued. So I mean, I I just personally I don't blame Nuggets fans for looking at it and thinking, God, jeez, are you kidding me? Yeah, and we got some reports. There's you know Woj, uh, he had Tim Conley on after after the deadline. Uh, Chris Haynes of ESPN, as well as Mark Stein. Um, I don't know if Windhorse is in on it. But all these guys were tweeting that the Nuggets were in the mix. For Paul George made a quote-unquote monster offer that was turned down. Uh, the fear from one perspective of it was George unsure if he would commit to the Nuggets long term. Um, what did you, you make of this whole Paul George? Well, Sam Amick was the one who was tweet, tweeting out that George wanted the Lakers. It's been, he said it's been known league-wide that... Uh, Paul George once wanted to go back to the Lakers and that the Nuggets, um, he liked what Kim Conley was doing with the Nuggets, but didn't think that they could win in the Western Conference with the Spurs and the Golden State Warriors. Hashtag Lakers. But then you think, well, if you want to, he's well known he wants to go to the Lakers. The Lakers are worse off right now than the Nuggets. Which in a essence is one of those things that make it, the rationale makes no sense. But in in the grand scheme of things, this is just Paul George saying, "It's not me, it's you. It's not you, it's me." It's basically, it's like yeah. I'm letting you down nicely, you know. I, uh, it's not that I think you're ugly. I just don't think we match up. Kind of like we saw too when the Nuggets traded for Andre Iguodala, and Jeff, you were the first person I even knew that was talking about this. Really, was well, no, no, no. I guess that's not true. I guess Mark Kisler wrote a column as soon as the trade happened that yeah, Iguodala soon, didn't want to be here. It's because he was in he was in uh, <laughs> London. Kisler's right, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, right. I've, uh, but uh, you know, so uh, the, a similar scenario could have unfolded with Paul George, where you you give up some stuff for him. Uh, and obviously acquiring Paul George is going to cost a lot. Reports out that, you know, the Nuggets did not have Jokic or Murray in this trade talks, which I think is brilliant. Yeah. But, you know, what possibly could they have been asking for? There was rumors that they were asking the Celtics for not only the Nets pick this year, which is going to be a top four pick no matter what, but they are also asking for, I think it was three out of the four of Marcus Smart, Bradley, um, and Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder and somebody else, maybe Jalen Brown is in. There. I don't know if Jalen Brown's in that mix, but it was a, there was a, there was this huge offer, and the Pacers have no real incentive to do anything but kind of see what's out there, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he's still under contract. He said he wants to stay there if they can contend, but geez, man, I mean, they're not going to be anywhere near a contender anytime soon. Well, no, especially if you look at the moves that they were looking to make. That didn't happen. Jaleel Okafor? Jaleel, uh, uh, when you have Miles Turner there? Aaron Aflalo? Ugh. Nuggets fans, you all know all about Aaron Aflalo. I yeah. mean, it's... it's he ain't been good since he left Denver. He it, wasn't it, good when Denver got him back. Last time Aflalo was good was when he hit the game-winning shot <laughs> uh, against Dallas. Uh, the game, the Mellow's last game in Denver. Jason Terry face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was the last time. I mean, he scored a lot of points. That, but anyway, regardless... 
it's but just, it, it said it, that the Nuggets were not the Nuggets did not pull out of this deal for fear that they couldn't convince Paul to re-sign. It said the Nuggets were ready to do the deal. Yeah. And they were going to try to convince him regardless, which... Which is a risk. It's a risk, but at the same time, I mean, you have to take them, right? Well, and couldn't... If the if he made next year, if he made... Was he? He's coming up into his, his year, this year, where he can be a free agent, or is it next year? Next year. Next year. They would have a year, and if he made the All Pro, one of the All Pro teams, they could have made him a designated player, which I don't think they want to do. I don't they think that transfers in a trade, does it? Does it? Because Cousins. Oh, that's right. Because you, can't, can't you lose it, it. Yeah, you lose yeah. it when you get traded. So Cousins lost out on twenty nine million. Same thing with Paul George; he'd lose out on twenty, you know, thirty million bucks. And a player looking at that thinks, I don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> yeah. Why don't I stay here, get that nice fat contract, and then we can figure it out later? Exactly. Which is what Cousins was trying to do as well, I think. Yep. So uh, nothing surprising there. I was a little more surprised that we didn't get more clarification on Jimmy Butler. I mean, I guess we kind of did in the weeks leading up to this, but it, it seemed like I thought we'd get more more action there, and especially and then the Ricky Rubio deal too. I thought we'd get a little. I thought we'd see that deal go through. I think. We went through a period um, in the in the we went through a period in the trade deadline that people were undervaluing picks, and it's when it like transferred immediately back to overvaluing picks. Yeah, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, just like it, like it 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 uh, it just went. It shifted, and it's and it's pretty incredible how how quickly that happened. Yeah. And then let's talk about a couple moves that the Nuggets perhaps did not make. They they keep the roster intact. Yeah. Uh, don't lose anybody. Uh, Gallinari, of course, is, is, you know, teams are chasing him. Teams are chasing Wilson Chandler. The Nuggets decided to, to, to not move either one of them. Did you like that? Well, I, Or did you expect that? Well, we need to explain something on Gallo. I think I said this in the last podcast, and it, it, it's still true. You're, the Nuggets weren't going to get a tremendous amount of great officer, offers for Gallo because of his contract situation. Yeah, you had to decide if like a protected first rounder was yes. really going to. What's it going to do for you? All right, here's the thing. So if you trade Gallo for, this is the tough argument. If you trade Gallo for uh, a first rounder, a future first, or even a late first in this draft. You're losing him for this playoff run. Yeah. Uh, how how valuable is that first round pick to the Nuggets? Well, they just gave away one of those picks in that Nurkic trade because they didn't want it. So why would you add a first rounder again now if you know you weren't going to get Paul George? You weren't going to be able to turn those firsts into a bigger package. You may as well keep Gallo. Use him as as now as Denver's rental player for the rest of this season. Maybe help to get into the playoffs where you want to get your young guys that that experience. Uh, see what that's like, and you know I mean, we've talked about it a bunch with Gallo. Then you just wait till the off season, and he wants to stay, so it's not like he's going to yeah. freaking leave. Yeah, I mean Gallo. Gallo's he's not going to take the highest offer and Gallo, leave. I don't think Gallo has made it abundantly clear to anyone who will listen he wants to stay in Denver. So if the Nuggets can't work out a deal, they can't work out a deal. That's that's basically how that story goes. If they can't do it, they let them go, and the Nuggets have somewhere in the neighborhood of $40 million in cap space this year. God, that's a lot of cash. It's a lot of, it's a lot of cash. 
But this is, again, not the best summer to spend that cash. Terrible free agent class, I would say. And the Nuggets, you know, they, they basically already have their free agent on the roster in Mason Plumley. They want to resign him. Yep. Now you have the money to do it. You might be losing your highest paid player in Danilo Gallinari. Chandler's still locked up. I guess there wasn't a need there to. Uh, so both ways. Uh, Sam Emick had it that Wilson Chandler definitely wanted out of here. Um, and then Wilson himself uh, told Chris Dempsey that it was perhaps more of just a, a little bit of frustration about consistent role, role. with the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have to think, I would have to absolutely think, with the way the Nuggets have handled their veterans the last couple of years, that if Wilson Chandler actually went to the front office and said, I want out of here now, that, that they, they would have accommodated him. him. Yeah. I think they would have you know, they would have sacked up because they've done it for guys in the past. Yeah, and, it, and it's one of those situations where, you see that in the press, and you and I have no, no reason to not trust Sam Amick on this. Terrific reporter. He's a good, a good reporter. Um, he he probably he he reported it as he heard it. People, players get frustrated. Daniel Gallinari will often uh, express his frustration through the Italian media. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's just it happens, and um, it's going to be interesting going going forward through the rest of this season because you know Gallo is healthy to play now. Wilson's healthy to play now. They basically have a healthy roster except for uh, Fareed. Moutier. Um, and Moutier is healthy now. And oh, that's another thing that was announced yesterday is that Moutier is going to be coming off the bench. Yes. Uh, Jameer Nelson is going to be starting. And then Michael Malone was not firm in who the backup is going to be. He said it's going to be a battle for minutes between yep. Murray and Moutier. They yep. still want to see Murray at point guard, which... You know, the Nuggets are basically doing everything they can to challenge Emmanuel Moutier to step up. Everything. That's what they're telling him right now. They're saying, hey, you're not the starter anymore. We're not handing you the keys to the engine anymore. Like, you got, it's show me time now. It is a, it is a, we make money the old-fashioned way. We earn it. And that's exactly what he needs to do. We're going to see what he's made of mentally, you know. If he loses the backup role to Murray down the stretch here, which could easily happen, we're going to really see what kind of resolve Emmanuel Moutier has. We saw what Nurkic did. Yep. Nurkic asked out, checked out. What's yep. Moutier going to do? Is he going to fight back in battle, or is he going to ask out? You it's, know? It's, been, it's been one of those situations. The Moutier situation has been something that has been more fascinating to me than anything else. People have been talking about, well, they've got to do something with Gal. They've got to do something with Wilson. That's to me. That's ignoring what the real issue was with the Nuggets, and that the, the issue has been guard defense. They're guards on the perimeter. They've been getting killed by twos and ones and twos, basically, and threes, and it's and threes. Yeah, I mean fours, but, and but mostly mostly guards. Lots of fives. <laughs> they, <laughs> they they just get they have that, and it's like Gary Harris has had a subpar defensive year. We discussed that yesterday. Um. And Moutier has had an awful, awful, awful year. So how do the Nuggets go from there? Because their, their point guard play, you could argue, even with as great as their offense is, their point guard play has been bringing them down, dragging them down. And I said, too, uh, we're, we're kind of looking at deals, and you know, there's, there's, there's talk of, of you know, either – Colin Daniels, I did the South Stands podcast last night. Very, very fun episode. Um, Colin Daniels had mentioned, well, what about trading Moutier for Derrick Rose? And 
then you start hearing about Rubio and Derrick Rose, and you're like, well, would the Nuggets want either one of those guys over Jameer? Jameer has solidified himself as a starting point guard in this team the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah. Players love Found him. Out. He's playing well. He's shooting well. He's a leader. The, the Nuggets, if the Nuggets can't have a good defensive point guard, they have to have a good offensive point guard, yeah. and that's what they have right now. Jameer's not yeah. going to stop anybody. He is hitting open shots, so he is, you know, if, if he's giving up two on the other end, he's at least playing you to a zero, right? Hopefully. Uh, it, it's one of or those, he's a positive. He's been a positive most nights. I said this early in the year on one of my solo podcasts, that one of the biggest issues with Moutier was that his turnovers were so bad, and his shooting isn't good enough to make up for his turnovers. Yeah. See, like it's like with Russell Westbrook turns the ball over constantly. I mean, he almost gets a tri- quadruple double with turnovers alone, right? And if if, but he makes up for it on all the other things. And, and Moutier is not a big assist guy either. So if he's not getting assists and he's not uh, scoring, you can't overcome his lack of shooting and turnovers. And and that's what's been dragging the Nuggets down. All right. So another question here. The Nuggets, I've been saying this. Everybody's been saying this. The point of the Nuggets making the playoffs this year is to give the young guys a taste of what the playoffs are like. Yeah. By keeping Gallo and Chandler, by inserting Jameer Nelson into the starting lineup, by keeping Wancho on the bench because you have Fareed and Darrell and Plumley. Is Jokic and Harris the only young guys that are going to get a taste of playoff action? <laughs> is it is the only guy they want to give playoff action to, Jokic? Jamal. <laughs> is it, Jamal has no guarantees of getting on the floor. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, uh, you I would, hear what I'm saying, though? Yeah, I do. I do. There seems to be a want to win, and I don't know how much of that is the front office, and I don't know how much of that is the coach. Coach clearly wants to win. And, you know, people, this is an underrated fact of people who talk about what need, people need to do. There's not a lot of Brett Browns who are willing to put up with the losing for so long because that goes on your record as a coach. And if you, as Michael Malone found out in uh, Sacramento, it's fleeting and they could fire you at any time. So obviously he wants to be able to win. And the only person, the person who's going to let you win is not Emmanuel Moutier. And the thing is, they gave, they gave, they've given Emmanuel Moutier a ton of rope. This is not as if they haven't given Moutier a chance. So they're going to they're move him into where he can come off the bench, maybe, and go from there. But I don't think it's necessarily an abdication of the young players thing. But I do think that... It's a reality of where they're at right now. I mean, you can't go into this thing thinking we're not going to play Gallo and Wilson, you know. Right, yeah, you can't. And that's kind of where I was, uh, you know, a little bit surprised that they didn't deal one of those guys to try to free up some more minutes for for a Wancho or whomever. Um, But I I do think that that's kind of a legit question of, you know, how much experience are the young guys going to get as long as you're, you know, now starting to favor some veterans over some of the young guys. Well, I mean, I mean, who, who do they have at a, at a three spot? I mean, people keep saying Wancho, Wancho, as as that, but Wancho, honestly, is more the way the way it was explained to me as a four. They envision him as a stretch four. The Nuggets really don't have a quote unquote three yeah. behind Wilson and Gallo, and it's kind of like, well, you're going to have to play one of them, 
you know, Macho's built a lot like Gallo. He is built a lot like Gallo. Um, uh, be, he is more of a rebounder, obviously, which probably pushes him into the four category. Um, but Gallo is more of a all-around scorer. But the thing is, it's like I don't necessarily I, I, I sympathize with Michael Malone because it's like what 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 is a coach? What are you supposed to do? You know, you are this close to the playoffs. You are currently residing, sitting with 26 games left. You're sitting firmly in the, the eighth seed. And it's not like Malone has not played young guys, you know. I mean, out of necessity with some injury, I definitely do expect the Nuggets to try to work in some of those young guys throughout this last, throughout these last 26 games. So, yeah. you know, it's going to it's going to set things up uh, very interestingly. Uh, the Pelicans, we were, we were talking about this. Anilo Piro was down here watching us. Yeah. Did I just butcher his last name? Nope, Piro. Uh, he was down here watching the trade deadline with us. He had to go uh, do his own radio show, Mile High Sports. Check those guys out at some point. Sean Walsh's show, I believe, right? Sean Walsh's show. Yeah. Uh, one of the good guys out there, talking nuggets on the air. Yeah. Um, but it was, as we were talking about with Anilo, uh, looking at, now looking at this race for eight, uh, Blazers could possibly get in there. Dallas, I don't really think, did anything significant. It's still going to come down to Pelicans, Nuggets. And when you start looking at schedules, Pelicans got themselves a darn difficult schedule to come back out of this break with. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> you, <laughs> give you guys something to, to <laughs> think about <laughs> while I'm gone. Uh, <laughs> Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, delicious or amazing? Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I forgot what I was looking up. Pelican schedule. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so the Pelicans come back out. <laughs> Out of, after the break, they uh, at home against the Rockets in Dallas, in Oklahoma City on a back-to-back, uh, and then home against Detroit, home against San Antonio, at the Lakers, at the Jazz, versus the Raptors, at Charlotte, home for Portland, at Miami, Rockets. I mean, that's tough. Sure. Even, even just to open Houston, Dallas, OKC, Detroit, San Antonio. That's their first five games out of the break. There's a chance that they go one and four in those games. Wow. If not 0 oh and five, or maybe they split them. Wow. Right? Wow. They can't split five, I guess. They could go three and two, but honestly, I mean, Houston, Dallas, OKC, Detroit, San Antonio. Right? That's quite the stretch there. You can lose to Houston, OKC, and San Antonio on paper. So now you're two and three with two 50 50 games against Dallas and Detroit. And my thing is, if the Pelicans get down, they're two and a half games back now. If. A week from now, if it's five or six games, does that psychologically start to get to them, especially since they're trying to put this thing together in a hurry? Boy, that's uh, that's an interesting thing. Well, it's, that's definitely trial by fire, isn't it? Yeah, and we'll, we'll compare it now with the Nuggets' five games out of this break. The Nuggets will be playing Sacramento tonight, home for Brooklyn, home for Memphis, at Chicago, at Milwaukee. They could go two and three, too. Yeah, they could easily go two and three, too. <laughs> you know, you got to put Sacramento away tonight. You have to beat Brooklyn at home. And then you got Memphis, Chicago, and Milwaukee. And, you know, Chicago in Chicago. Jimmy's still there. Wade's still there. You know, they, they lost some depth. But, I mean, I, I don't know. 
Milwaukee. That's a, that's, a, that's a interesting. I mean, Milwaukee is a 50-50 game for the Nuggets. Yeah. I think, honestly, the Nuggets the Nuggets need to figure out a way to go 4-1. and one. They do. <laughs> Good luck. You know, they, they, and the Nuggets have some adjusting to do with Plumlee because, honestly, that first game that he had with the team where he started, uh, you know, there was, this was a lot of hiccups, as we discussed, I believe, yeah. yesterday, you know, so... They're going to have an adjustment time as well, but I don't. I don't think the Nuggets' adjustments are going to be as difficult as the Pelicans' adjustments at all. Yeah, well, I mean, having a fundamental change in uh, philosophy when you have two, well, it's not necessarily fundamental because they had Ashik there and we'll still have him there, but it is a just a higher usage. It's guy. a higher usage guy. I mean, he is. He is. Wait, it's really snowing out there. Um, he, he is fire and Davis's ice. Apparently, that's what they're going by now. <laughs> and together they form the Blades of Glory. <laughs> Blades. <laughs> oh my so, god! Yeah, not the most exciting trade deadline. No, it's not. And I, I, I mean, the Nuggets play the Kings tonight, and you know, we'll see. But I, I would you know. I, honestly, though, I, I would have. After some deliberation, you know, okay, you don't get the good news is the good news, bad news, bad news. You don't get that star player that gets the fan base really excited, puts butts in seats right away, ups your timeline. Now you're rolling. Nuggets don't have that yet. The good news is they still have all of their young guys. They still have their own first round picks. There's still time to make some moves or to even have the internal growth that I think is tremendous with. You know, they're core guys. Yeah. Jokic, Murray, yeah. Juancho, and to me it's Gary Harris is that fourth guy. You know, can Moutier get in there? I don't know. Can Beasley get in there? I don't know. But as long as you have those four guys intact still, future still looks very bright. No, I, I agree. I mean, that, that's really the essential thing. But I think, I think development and winning are kind of colliding here. And you doesn't, just because you're developing doesn't mean you can't try to win games. Yeah. Very true, very so. true. Well, let's get out of here, Jeff. We spent the day down here at Jake's Sports and Spirits, the great sponsor of the CSG podcast. Long-time sponsor of the, uh, let's see, since 2013. Since forever, and they're located down here at 3800 Walnut Street, right in the heart of the Rhino District. Great businesses around here, great breweries in the area, great beers here at Jake's. So, you know, start your night off, get some classic barbecue, a nice sandwich, a burger, get yourself a craft beer, and... Go explore Rhino a little bit afterwards, huh? Yeah. And not on a snowy day like this, or maybe you still want to. Yeah, you can do some (laughs) cross-country skiing. (laughs) All that good stuff. But that's it for us, guys. We're going to call it quits on this NBA trade deadline and see you guys next week. See you guys next week.